Are you a Saskatchewan-based Métis entrepreneur looking to start or grow your business? Welcome to Make It Your Business with Victoria Gagné from the Clarence Campo Development Fund, a recognized and successful business resource dedicated to guiding and supporting Métis entrepreneurs on their path to success. With a focus on the Métis community, we share our story and our clients' stories about starting their businesses and how we support them from start to finish. We also deliver innovative financial and professional advice to help you start and run a successful business. Join Victoria and her guests and gain an understanding of the services, programs, and support available for you. This podcast is powered by Proudmouth. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to Make It Your Business with Victoria Gagne of CCDF. Today, Victoria has two guests on the show. I'm so excited. And that is Jeff and Colette Heschel. They and their three children live in Morse, Saskatchewan. They own and operate a boiler, superheater, and agricultural trucking business called GH Well Services Incorporated. In addition to GH Well Services Incorporated, in 2012, Jeff decided to build an above-ground deck that could easily be adjusted should the soil shift, not liking the appearance, quality, or ease of use of any other products in his local building supply stores. He decided it would be simpler to build his own. This is how the GH, the leveler, was born. That sounds pretty amazing. Victoria, how are you? I'm good, Eric. I'm so excited. You've got two people on the show today. I mean, you're really stepping up this podcast game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me why you decided to bring Jeff and Colette on specifically. Yeah. So I've known Jeff and Colette for quite some time now, and they are just fantastic people. They've been clients of CCDF. And I also want to say that Colette has served the Métis people so well as a board member for CCDF in addition to to being clients of CCDF. And so I've had the privilege of getting to know them and they appeared on Dragon's Den this year. And I, I was so personally excited having grown up watching the show to have one of my clients on Dragon's Den. And so I thought it'd be excellent to bring them on and get some of their perspective and some behind the scenes insights on what that process was like. Well, I know that you're going to have a great interview today. I'm so excited to be part of it. Thank you so much for bringing them on. Yeah, Colette and Jeff, we'll we'll get started here. And before we get into all your trade secrets about Dragon's Den, I thought we could uh, start with you guys telling us your story. What led you into entrepreneurship and how would you describe that journey? Entrepreneurship, I think for for me anyhow, was something that was always going to happen. I grew up on a farm and when you do that, you kind of learn to uh, carve your own way. Getting out into the workforce, like everybody else, I did quite a few different jobs. Then when I was working actually in the oil field, I thought to myself, it's time. It's time for me to venture out on my own. While I was in the oil field, I seen uh, a need for boilers in our general area. So I decided now's the time to get after it and start buying equipment. And and then, of course, Colette, being my spouse, I said to her, you know, if we're going to do this, we're all in. So you need to jump in with me. And away we went. I love that. It's so interesting, too, for me, because you guys are both actively involved in these businesses. And I think it's a a really special story, too. We see so much at CCDF. People from rural communities, we always talk about how 
entrepreneurship not just creates jobs for you and your family, but then also for your community as well. Tell us maybe a little bit about your businesses. What 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 do you have going on right now? Because I know you're busy. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's that's the one thing about entrepreneurship. You always want to try and keep busy. So th- their one business, GH Well Services, that's a boiler and superheater business. Basically, simply put, in the oil field, anytime in the wintertime, you're dealing with downhole stuff. You're also dealing with moisture and, and things can freeze. So our boilers are on location to make sure that that doesn't happen. And then furthermore, the, the frack water superheater, uh, a lot of times when they're uh, doing oil field work, doing fracking, they have huge volumes of water that needs to be heated up. And that piece of equipment does that. So that's the one thing we do do. That's one uh, component. Of one that component business. Yep. of that yeah. business. Uh, the other component of that business is when I had started it, I realized that it was largely going to be busy in the wintertime. So we took some of the same equipment, some of our heavy trucks and stuff. I went out and bought a few trailers, a tank moving trailer and a grain bin moving trailer. So we do that in the off season. We move bins and move liquid fertilizer tanks for the agricultural sector. And then of course, when oil field crashed in 2016, we were looking to diversify even further. (laughs) And that's when the leveler was born and we went into the the leveler footing and adjustable footing for deck steps and patios. What I love about you guys is this innovative nature, having pivoted GH Well Services and then the leveler because Jeff, you you invented the leveler, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. On our deck here, when we built our, our house in 2009, uh, a few years later in 2012, I went to build a deck. And of course in Morse, We've got very gumbo, very saline soil. Shifting and heaving and frost heaves is an issue. So I went out to buy an adjustable footing where I could adjust that out of my deck should it happen. And anything I seen in the marketplace, it looked cheap and flimsy. It was it, it, it looked like it was made out of threaded rod and I didn't want it on my deck. So yeah. I just went down to our shop where we've got fabricating ability, picked a few things out of the parts bin and built my own. And that's kind of how it all began. You went a little viral too, didn't you with that? So how did you, how did you start marketing it before the Dragon's Den, before any of that ever happened? Well, what we did was we did a soft launch. So some, we hit a few stores around our community and tried to see if it would even be a go. So actually Jeff built the first 4,000 of them, just to see again if there was a a spot in the marketplace for them. Yeah, and actually, even before that, there was different people that seen this footing on our deck and asked where I got it, and I just said, well, I I just built it. Knowing that there was a little bit of interest, I actually went to one of the building material stores in Moose Jaw, and I had them signed a non-disclosure form. And yep. then I had a meeting with them and I said, this is what I'm thinking of bringing to the market. Do you guys think you could sell this thing? And they said, we think we could sell the heck out of that thing. So that's when I did a patent search and got my patents in place, got my patent pending status. So I was proprietary. And once that happened, then we started marketing. 
And what he means by marketing is that was Jeff and I visiting the local retail stores and then hopping in the vehicle and driving to other areas of Canada, actually, just meeting people and showing them the product. And so now we're in 160 stores across Canada, mostly from Jeff and I meeting some of these folks and showing them our product. Yeah, and building those relationships. And so much of business is relational. And um, I just think about your guys' story, and it's so indicative of the idea that entrepreneurship is really just seeing a need and filling that need. And you did that with your deck. And I remember talking to you a couple of years ago in Morse about this when I stopped by to visit and I went home and my dad was building a deck and I'm like, you need a leveler. And he was like, oh, okay, Victoria. <laughs> but then once he, once he saw this dragon's den episode, he was like, I need a leveler. Why didn't you tell me about this? And I, I said, I told you two years ago about this. It yeah. just shows the power of that show as well. But I think what sometimes people forget is there's a lot of hustle that goes in before the show even happens, building that relationship, making sure like you guys did that you have a good product because you need a good product first and foremost. But then now give us your trade secrets in terms of getting on the show. You know, you had a good product. You have relationships with some suppliers throughout the country. Why did you decide that Dragon's Den was a good idea for your business? And How'd you get on the show? I, actually, that was mostly me pushing Jeff because at first he wasn't sure whether or not we were ready. So we actually did apply in 2020, but okay. we, we approached it a little bit different at that time. We were more business and we didn't get on the show in 2020. So mm -hmm. I thought I'm going to apply again this year in 2021. And we happened to watch a webinar with some of the dragons and Michelle had mentioned, you have seven seconds to get our attention. Jeff, having his ability to play guitar, went and grabbed his guitar and thought, we'll start off with a little jingle. So he did. So that was one of the things that was key to remember is that it's also an entertainment show, but you have to also know right. your numbers, which you wouldn't have seen that in some of the pitch because we're with them for 50 minutes just about an hour and you only see like six minutes of it so you have to know your numbers otherwise and we we both knew everything very well when you build the business from the ground up you're pretty intimately familiar with all those numbers but i think it's something that entrepreneurs don't realize is when you're going for financing or to go to investors, you need to have that that foundational aspect of knowing those numbers that instills confidence. And of course, there's organizations like CCDF around for Métis entrepreneurs as well, who, who maybe aren't so comfortable in those areas and want to develop those skills. But I'm just curious, thinking about going in, Go, entering this new year and the idea of timing I think it's a question a lot of people ask themselves at the start of a new year is should I start my business this year I have this dream whether it's being on Dragon's Den starting a business do you think if you had gotten on the show in 2020 you would have had the same experience as you did in 2021 how do you look back on on getting re rejected the first time and then reapplying and 
and seeing success the second time around. Because for those of you who haven't watched the episode yet, spoiler alert, Colette and Jeff made a deal in the den. What, what do you think about that aspect of timing in, in your business? Yeah. For both Colette and I, when we didn't make it on the show the first time around, I don't think it really phased us because we had we we had a business we had businesses to run so okay we tried that and we just carried on and kept selling the leveler and and kept doing our other things that we do do within our business and then when the opportunity rose again the following year Colette said well I'm going to try again she was the one that really pushed for that but our attitude has always been if there's an opportunity, if there's a door that's even partially open, you might as well open it because what if you don't? You know, I always say to myself, what if? What if right. we don't open that door? So we were challenged to do it again. Of course, at that time, it worked out great. We had learned a little bit from our experience the first time around, and that's kind of indicative of what entrepreneurship is as well. You do something, and if you don't quite do it right, you learn from that, and then you try and do it better next time. Absolutely, and I think that's something that hopefully entrepreneurs listening to this can take away as a lesson, not just for those who want to get in the dragon's den, but in business as well. I know there's times um, people apply to us and and we we want to set them up for the best chance of success in their business. And sometimes it's wait a year. Let's let's work on some of these skills. Let's get you set up with some courses and then let's try again next year because timing is so huge in in business. But then also that trait of persistence. I'm, I'm wondering in terms of the pitch process now, you said you have seven seconds to get your attention, but I'm assuming you had to be quite persistent in the pitch as well, because we see two minutes of it on the show or five minutes or whatever it is, but I'm assuming it was a longer process than just a five minute conversation. Yeah, it took just about an hour, actually. Initially, what they want to do is you need to get their attention, right? So that's where the jingle came in. And what that also did was kind of break the ice with, because yeah. everybody kind of laughed and, and giggled over the jingle. And then it was down to business. And it was like, again, you have to know your numbers. You have to be confident in your product. And you have to be able to present it in a way that they'll understand even though they don't deal with hardware and so you have to be able to do that absolutely yeah. and and so what kind of questions did they ask they asked us anything and everything they asked us about our numbers they asked us about our sales they asked us about margins margins and manufacturing and where you see this product going forward the way dragon's den is set up it's kind of a firing line so when you're in there there's dragons throwing questions at you one they don't even wait for the other one to finish a question and somebody be throwing a question at you because again the show is largely for entertainment so it's good entertainment if they can get you rattled we kind of knew that it was going to be that way going in because i talked to the guys over at smooth 42 who had got a deal last year and 
because I wanted to know what the, to expect. So they, they told me what to expect. So it wasn't a big surprise when it was like that. So in our case, when they, when we'd get two or three questions at a time, you don't see that in the editing process of Dragon's Den, but I would say, Michelle, I'll answer your question in a minute. Manjeet, this is the answer to your question. That's how Colette and I did it. And of course, the product itself, the product knowledge and our margins, because we started with it with the very first leveler, we were quite comfortable with that. So we weren't nervous about knowing our stuff. We just wanted to make sure that we could communicate our message as well as we could to the dragons. And obviously you did so successfully because you got a deal. And I'm wondering how you approach then that negotiation process. You've done your pitch, you're answering their questions, and then the offers start coming and those discussions move into negotiations. And give us, give us your trade secrets. What's the art of making a deal in the Dragon's Den? I think the very first thing that somebody should consider if you're ever in that position is that you obviously really want to make a deal. And I don't think you should get too hung up on your numbers either because the deal you make on air is, is just that it's the online or the on air deal. And then afterwards you have to get into the due diligence and there's all kinds of negotiation that goes on there. Of course, you do have to have an idea what's the lowest you would expect and what's the highest margin you're willing to give up. And Colette and I knew that when we did get the offers, we actually, they only showed on the show two offers. We actually had three offers. Arlene had offered as well. She had offered 25%. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then she actually, when Vince and Manjeet were kind of jockeying back and forth, Arlene said, well, you know, you got two good offers here, I'm going to go out. Okay. Then we looked at their offers or we thought about their offers and they asked us on the den whether we wanted to go back to the, the glass room and make a decision to which we said, nope, we've seen too many shows <laughs> where you go and do that. And then the deal yeah. changes so, between themselves. Yeah. So yeah, we just, absolutely. We just whispered and you have to make a, a split decision, of course. We were thankful. We knew we had a deal on the table. We just had to pick which one. and But uh, we also had an idea wh what the most we were willing to give up, yeah. per se, right? Okay. And did you... Of our company, so... Did you have an idea, too, of who you wanted to make a deal with if it came down to two people? Or what role did strategically partnering with someone have in, in who you decided to choose? Well, we did ahead of time... Obviously, we, re we researched the dragons and we looked at the different pitches that each dragon had made a deal on and we actually pretty much nailed it. We got offers from, from the three dragons that we thought we would. That was interesting in itself. Right. I don't think there's a wrong dragon you could pick. I think all of them bring strengths to the table that would be helpful in growing a business. We just had to decide on the spur of the moment, which of those dragons we had researched would be the best for us. And we decided with Manjeet. That's so exciting. It's funny because it's 
we're talking about the dragon's den, but these are also things that people hopefully can pull into their own business when they're deciding who they want to partner with and, and for financing, for um, the operational aspects of their business. I know we talked a little bit about that last episode as well. It's interesting how, how this all plays out. And I've loved the conversation too about just keeping your cool in those conversations and having that confidence in yourself, in your product, knowing your numbers so that you don't get rattled because it's a high stress situation, which is pretty reflective of entrepreneurship, I would say. And luckily you guys didn't get rattled. I know there was someone on the show who flipped, flipped the dragons off, wasn't there? <laughs> Yeah, that was that was the pitch right before. That us. was the pitch right. Okay, before I was going to ask if they yeah. went before you or after you. <laughs> they were now they they were at in the den on a different day, but because of the oh, editing okay. process, they that pitch was right before nope. us on we, on we that never show. Met them. I never met them. Yeah, uh, but if anybody watches the episode we were on, if you would watch them, it was the concrete the grass concrete stamping guys that would be exactly what not to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> in business too right <laughs> exactly when you're talking about partnerships i know that his partner looked at him and went really yeah not a good way to start a relationship <laughs> no yeah and that's the thing about the den they they want something that there's a demand for with us we had a proven sales record with the product mm -hmm. and it certainly wasn't as big as numbers as a lot of things that have come into the den but what we had done showed that there was a demand and that there's a growing demand and that was important if there's a lot of businesses that i think that try and go to the den or even try and go to investors or get financing when they're just not ready. They, they have an idea, but they don't know exactly how to execute that idea. And that's really important. You have to have a plan throughout everything that we've always done, right from the very first boiler I bought to expansions, we've we've made a plan we've done a business plan and we've and we've known our business plan so we could talk to the investors or talk to the dragons and said this is where we're at this is why we did good this year this is why we had a downturn this year and this is where we are going forward just thinking about that idea of demand you guys pitched in the middle of a pandemic and i know everybody's sick of talking about pandemics but <laughs> i'm going to ask the question like what role did that play in in circling back to that conversation of timing too was it something you were worried about having just gone through a year of craziness and then having to prove your product in in the dragon's den with kind of an irregular year behind you well it was irregular because of one of the things that happened with the pandemic was there was a huge demand of people doing their own projects at home and stuff the lumber places were really busy, but in saying that, what happened was there was a lumber shortage. So at the end of August in the pandemic year, it was there was no lumber available. Therefore, people had to stop doing their projects. The other thing that happened was, again, because the, the way in which Jeff and I were marketing was 
literally hopping in our camper and driving. We drove to Toronto the year before the pandemic and visited stores along the way. Well, we weren't able to do that in 2020. That wouldn't have been yeah. a good choice. We wanted to be respectful of everybody's safety, right? And our safety as well. We didn't do that. So we didn't have that opportunity to expand in that way. Now, in saying that, the places that did have the leveler in store were able to do really well with it. Now, the ones that had just gotten it, they had to close their stores sometimes. So they were doing curbside. So that was that was a little bit impactful. But yet we still had a fairly good year that year. And I think it just ties back as well to understanding your business and what's driving those factors. And if you can explain that and have a good handle on it, it gives your investor, it gives your financer, it gives whoever a little more confidence that you're you're aware of the trends and, and you know what's going on. Yeah, so that year what we did was Jeff actually made a video on YouTube and we put it on YouTube and on our website to sort of show off the product and show how it was used because we ourselves built a deck at our lake site. And right. so we did that. That was a great marketing tool. On the pitch, Michelle said that in in 2020 when the retailers ran out of lumber, it, it stopped our sales. So we only had a $50,000 year in sales leading up to that. Of course, in 2021, then things really exploded for us. All the retailers had lumber in stock and everybody had their project picked out because it was a pandemic. So they were doing all these renos. And right. Michelle said, if you had a bad year, if you got kind of stalled in 2020, why didn't you do something? Why didn't you? And we said, we did. We made a video and we pivoted the way we did things. We spent more yep. time on social media and that was just a way for us to carry on and get our message out there. No, and I, I heard you went viral too, didn't you? The video did, yep. yeah. Yeah, the video, yeah, yeah it was an eye-opener for me because I'd, I'd heard that making a video is a good thing. So we were building a deck out at our trailer at Palliser Park. And I thought, well, while I'm doing this, this is a perfect time to film it. I filmed it on my phone and, and edited it a little bit and then stuck it out there. And yeah, just the, the organic growth of that video was crazy. And then it, when we spent a few marketing dollars and, and not a lot, just to yeah. boost it, it was amazing how many people watched the video. It was, a lesson learned as well that the power of social media right now. Absolutely. And I think that that conversation for me, it all ties back to that timing as well. I know my dad, who's never gone on YouTube in his life, all of a sudden started using YouTube all the time during the pandemic and he learned how to sous vide <laughs> and he's learning how to build a deck. So you have a captive <laughs> audience at that moment too. Exactly. I'm surprised he, right. he didn't stumble on your video yet. I'll, uh, I'll have to tell him. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for this conversation, but I'm not going to get you off the hook just yet because we have a couple quick closing questions that we're asking our guests because we want this podcast to be a space where we celebrate 
entrepreneurs in Saskatchewan. We celebrate Métis success, but we also get real and allow entrepreneurs to understand the highs and the lows of entrepreneurship and, and what that looks like. So I have two questions for you. And the first one is what is one challenge you've experienced along your entrepreneurial journey and how did you overcome it? Well, I think by far and away, the biggest challenge is when the oil field crashed in 2016. It actually was a little bit before that, but it was 2016 when it really started to hit home for us. And for us, we lost 90%, 90% of our sales. Wow. It was how do you operate within that? And I think for us, we've always had the attitude that failure isn't an option. We just have to look at ways. We worked that much harder on the other aspects of our business. We started doing things with our trucks and equipment, hauling different things that we never had done before. And then also, of course, that's when we brought the leveler to market because I knew that we had to diversify our portfolio because the oil field just wasn't doing it. So that was the biggest challenge. Initially, you sit there and think, wow, what are we going to do? But for us, we just decided, okay, let's just get after it and let's do whatever it takes to survive. And that was a big challenge, but it's also very rewarding to emerge out of that and say, you know what? We did it. We survived. Essentially, the challenge turned into an opportunity, really, because then we had more time to put into the leveler where if the way oil and gas was, we were busy. (laughs) So we wouldn't have had the time to pursue that. Just if there's an entrepreneur out there listening to this podcast, a Métis person who, you know, is going through that moment of what do I do now? And you know, you need to pivot and you have some ideas. CCDF is here here to partner with you, I think. So I just want to let people know that like Colette and Jeff did, there are ways to pivot your business and, and we want to support you in that. But now to close it off on a high note, I want to know what's the success you've experienced in your business? What's something that we can be celebrating with you right now? The biggest success that I feel that, that we have to celebrate is that We've survived during some of the worst times we've seen in our economy. When you emerge that from that, there's so much to look forward to. As far as oil and gas is concerned with that business, the economy is starting to roll now. There's starting to be some spending in that area. There's lots of new technologies developed in that area that are conducive to a bright future there, but also the leveler, which we're very excited about. We've come through the pandemic now. I mean, not entirely through, but I guess we've learned to survive with the pandemic. We've just got all kinds of optimism looking forward. We've got lumber prices coming down. We've got plants reopening because of vaccine protocols and whatnot. We've got a whole myriad of bright things happening in the future. And it's we've got the publicity of Dragon's Den and we've got lots of interest and lots of people contacting us in regards to our product. So we're thankful for that. And we're looking forward to exploiting that for all it's worth. Just to add to that, we also 
are able to start doing some trade shows again, which again is another great opportunity to um, have exposure to other retailers and possible customers. So yeah, really excited. Well, I just want to say on behalf of CCDF, we're so excited to see where the leveler goes and where you guys go in your entrepreneurial journey. And we want to support you however we can. So with that said, where can people find the leveler? Where should they look? And how can they watch your Dragon's Den episode? The leveler is available basically in most of the independent retail stores. You'll find it in quite a few home hardwares. You can find it at Castle Building Supplies. You can find it at Timber Marts. You can find it at Windsor Plywoods. And some independent Ronas. Yep, there's a few Ronas that we're in. Basically, really, a lot of the retailers, they want to sell a product that is in demand. So you just need to go into your local lumber store and ask for it. And a lot of times they'll find it. They'll reach out to us and say, hey, can you send us product? But it's actually quite easy to find. If you look on our website, there there's a spot there that tells where you can buy them. Yeah, on, on our website, www.ghleveler.com, there's a drop down section on our menu that says, where can I buy? So that shows all the retailers that stocks it right now. Excellent. So everybody who's planning their deck projects for the next year, make sure to head to Colette and Jeff's website, check out the leveler. And you can also go on CBC Dragon's Den to look up their episode there. If you Google just GH the leveler Dragon's Den, the, the episode will come up. Thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us today. I just want to let everyone know that if there's something in Colette and Jeff's story that resonates with you and you think you want to do something, you have an idea, whatever it is, reach out to CCDF. You can call our website. You can go to ClarenceCampo.com and fill out an inquiry form. Or if, like Jeff said, the importance of a plan in your business. If you don't have a plan, we have ways to support you in doing that. So thank you so much, Jeff and Colette, for sharing your wisdom, sharing your secrets with us. I know I was very excited to learn the behind the scenes of what happens in the Dragon's Den and how to make a deal. And I uh, just really appreciate you being here with me today. Well, thank you. We appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And again, thanks to CCDF because they actually helped us a lot in our when we did our expansion and our first business, the GH Well Services. So really, really helpful. Jeff and Colette, thank you so much for sharing your story. And to all the listeners, I just want to make sure Victoria is not nearly as in, as intimidating as a dragon's den. So definitely reach out. <laughs> Victoria, can you give the phone number one more time? Yes, Eric. If Anyone wants to give her an office a call, you can call us directly at 306-657-4870. All right. Jeff and Colette, again, thank you so much. Victoria, of course, thank you for bringing them on the show. And our last thank you always goes to the listener. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Make It Your Business podcast with Victoria Gagne. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Victoria comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at CCDF, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Make It Your Business. 
the podcast that identifies market opportunities and provides Saskatchewan-based Métis entrepreneurs with innovative financing and business advice. Have questions about topics covered during the show? Visit www.clarencecampo.com, email us at info at clarencecampo.com, or give us a call at 306-657-4870. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Clarence Campo Development Fund. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor, accountant, or other qualified business service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation.